Amen. All right, well, let's, let's get into um, something uh, I want to share tonight. I don't know that it's too revelation rich, um, but I, I believe it's just to reinforce something God's already showing us. Is that all right? Um, so let's go to 2 Samuel and chapter 6, please. Oh, Lord. Already there. 2 Samuel chapter 6. I hope all, all of y'all have been there. I hope y'all have all been to read 2 Samuel chapter 6. Particularly since I preached from it. 2 Samuel 6 and verses 10 through 12. Should be pretty familiar to us now. Hallelujah. Y'all have that? Okay, 2 Samuel 6 verses 10 through 12. Let's read together, ready, read. So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Now it was told King David saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. Verse 12 again says, it was told King David saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. I want to talk tonight uh, on, uh, I guess I'll kind of be, be beginning something here. Okay. Segway from where we've been into where we're something else. Uh, I want to talk tonight on the time of visitation. The time of visitation. The time of visitation. What Obed was experiencing here was a time of visitation. And that's what we're experiencing right now and will experience from now that Jesus comes. If we'll keep doing what we've been doing to get visitation. And that's what I'm going to push tonight. Amen. Father, thank you tonight for the word. I pray the Lord that each of us would have hearing ears and seeing eyes and uh, receiving hearts to fully uh, take in what you have for us to receive. We receive your word with meekness. It's able to save our souls. And I pray that tonight, Lord, by the word of God, you'd reinforce in the hearts of these, your people. I even speak that this is a core group of people tonight that you will speak to, that you will use to maintain and increase the level of visitation that we receive in this house to be a signal to the world that something is happening in the heavenly realm and you're manifesting it on earth so use us we pray in jesus name so be it amen and amen all right take your seats the year of visitation can you say that yes. the year of visitation or i want to talk about the time of visitation tonight excuse me the time of visitation so we've been talking about 2019 of course being uh, the year the lord said to us the year of abundant manifestation and apostle derber declared this as the year of visitation they go hand in hand is not contradicting each other. They go right, right together. Amen. Because visitation brings manifestation. You got it. And so what we've seen uh, already in these first 17 days is that God is already visiting his people in phenomenal ways. Amen. 
The testimonies have been tremendous. Uh, our young people next door probably, well, I don't know if they say this anymore, off the chain. We used to say that off the chain. Uh, amen. Off the hook, something. Lit. That's the new word. Okay, the testimonies have been lit of the great things God is uh, doing. I mean, just the, just the phenomenal debt cancellation that is happening. And, uh, un, un, I don't want to say, use this word unexpected, but un, uh, unexplained provision <laughs> that God's bringing is just tremendous. Open doors that he's giving for his people. Ways he's making, just, just all kind of phenomenal things that again, uh, the Lord has spoken through prophecy about for many years. And just like he told us at the beginning of last year, everything he spoke uh, prophetically to us is for now. And so we have to be in the now season. We have to be the now whites to flow and move with God as he is moving now. Everybody say now. Now. We got we got to we got to we got to be sensitive um, to what God's doing and be sure that we don't miss it. Because I'm going to show you tonight, it's very possible to miss it. It's very possible to miss out on what God's doing. Because you're not hooked into the now, you're, you're hooked into the back then. Or you're not hooked into anything at all. And God doesn't want his people missing it. The visitation is for his people. And you can be religious and miss it. You can be self-righteous and miss it. You can be uh, too deep and miss it. Or you can be too shallow and miss it. You can be disinterested and miss it. And God doesn't want people to, to miss out on what he's doing. Because, you know, we preach this uh, lifestyle evangelism, part one, two, and three, and to show us that, that God is doing this, he's using us to demonstrate something to the world. Okay? I'm going to show you tonight he's, going, he's doing some things to demonstrate, to, to demonstrate through us to the church, too. Okay? All right, so we're in great expectation because God is doing some great things. And because he said so. <laughs> we put our hope in his word. So we read the scripture during the uh, meeting last week, Psalm 71, 14. Psalm 71, 14 says, but I will hope continually. I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. So we saw that when you and I have hope, or we can use the word, I want to use the word expectation, then expectation produces a greater or a higher level of praise. Everybody say praise. praise. Say it again. Praise. Say it again. Praise. Shout it this time. Praise. Now it's going to be important that we get an understanding of, how, of, of this praise. Glory to God. I don't want us to get into a mode, ladies and gentlemen, where praise is just routine, where praise is just because, well, we got to do 15 minutes, you know, before pastor gets up, because that's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. 
just singing two or three songs, you know, and, you know, we, that, that's it. You know, that's enough. We check it off. I'm not saying that's what's happening. What I'm saying is I don't want that to, to become the case. You see, uh, I want visitation all the time. Glory to God. I, I want it that every Wednesday night we come is visitation. I want a Holy Ghost breakout. I wanted to get Holy Ghost crazy, Holy Ghost wild in here. Now I know what can happen is that you, you well we have a couple Holy Ghost you know, breakout times and then you're like, okay that's cool, I'm gonna just take, I'm gonna take a couple of break, take me a little break. I don't want no break. I don't want a break. Yeah, I want that to become our new normal that, that, that we have a Holy Ghost blowout time every time we come together. Now I can look at some of your eyes and tell that in your mind you're already saying, hey, not, not this week, just, let's just let's have a regular service. I'm telling you, let's just have a regular service. I, I'm tired. I worked all day. I ain't got time to do all that dancing, all that run, all that shouting. Past you getting kind of crazy there. I don't have time for that. You know, maybe every once a month or a couple times a month, maybe, but not too much, Pastor. No, you're in the wrong church. You see, because this visitation is necessary for manifestation. And there, there, there are some of us, maybe not you, but some of us, we've sown too much to not get manifestation. We pray too much to not get manifestation. We've invested too much time and energy and faith to not get manifestation. Some of us have some greater desires and dreams and hopes and we need manifestation. So let me just tell you now, I don't plan on allowing uh, anybody to draw back and, and make me draw back with them. If you ain't going to go, I'm going to still go. If you don't praise me, praise him, watch me praise him. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? I, I'm not, I can't, I can't go, I can't go back. See, I, I, we, we've been through that. Y'all know, you've been here long enough. We've had these times where, man, we'll have a spell of, of just super uh, heightened, just worship and praise, and then we just kind of, all right, let's go back to our regular. Because that, that was good, but let's go back to our regular. No, I can't do that no more. I can't do that no more. We're, see, we, we got we to gotta stay in the now. We got to stay in the now. We can't... Um, we can't allow ourselves to just get used to it, you know, this presence of God to the point that it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, if allow this, turn us on anymore. Where it doesn't do anything for us. Well, you know, I can take it or leave it. I don't, I don't really have to have it. No, I, I, I have to. Y'all know I'm talking about it. No, I, I, I have to have it. 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 What is, what is our gathering without it? Nothing but a meeting. It's just like a regular, you know, meeting out there in the world. 
don't, I don't, I don't to come to no, no, no board meeting, no club meeting. Now, what I'm saying is, is very important to God because he wants this. Because there's some things he wants to do, some things he wants to manifest, some ways he wants to move, some people he needs to uh, get a signal and a clue. And he has to have somebody to use to get a signal through. You got it? So let's go back to a scripture we read already, Exodus 15 and verse 2 in the New King James Version. Let's start there, Exodus 15 verse 2 in the New King James Version. You also know this one, should have it in your notes somewhere. It says here, the Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. Come on, he is my God, and I will, and I will, and I will what? My father's God, and I will so my God and I will praise him. That's a declaration right there. The children of Israel have just, have just come out of Egypt and they've just crossed the Red Sea. Now they're singing a song about their deliverance. Glory to God. And they're saying here, he's our God, my God, and I will praise him. Now, let's switch to the King James. You remember this. The King James says it a different way in just one little phrase. It says a different way and it'll make us understand something here. The Lord is my strength and song and he has become my salvation, my deliverance, my victory, my prosperity, my safety, my healing, my wholeness, my turnaround. He is my God. And I will prepare him in habitation. My father's God and I will exalt him. So again, you know this. I will praise him. I'll prepare him in habitation. It's the same thing. So our praise is preparing God a habitation. Okay? Do you understand why praise is so important? I think it's, I believe, if I remember correctly, Psalm 22, verse 3, that says that God inhabits the praises of his people, of Israel. He inhabits the praises. So uh, we know then that praise creates a habitation for God. You got it? Now, so we, we praise from Psalm 71, verse 14, through expectation. We also praise through appreciation. Here in Exodus 15, they're appreciating what God has done. So appreciation and expectation. So then I told you this last week that as your praise increases, then the more visitation increases. Right? And then the more visits that we have, the more manifestation we have. And then the more manifestation we have, the more praise we have. And then the more praise we have, the more visitation we have. And then the more visitation we have, the more manifestation we have. And so on and so on and so on. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and richer and richer and deeper and deeper and greater and greater. You got it? So we can't afford to stop. Okay? Visitation from God, we told you, is manif- leads to manifestation for his people, which brings a revelation for the world. Okay? Now, for all this to happen... All our seed sowers, all of us who've been praying and fasting and seeking God, we need visitation. We desperately need 
visitation. Now, how many of y'all know God has already visited here? We've already been seeing God visit here. Now, how many of you still have some things that need to be worked out? So what's going to bring it about? It's more visitation. So we, now we, in the visitation we've already had, we've already seen God do extraordinary things. So we already have enough evidence, enough proof of what happens when he visits. Infallible proof, that's right. Infallible proof of what happens when God visits. So I'm, let's, I'm, I'm urging you, let's not slow down the visitation. Okay? Now, so I want to show you just a couple examples here. Uh, beyond what we've already, what we're experiencing, just going back to the word of God, uh, to show you that one visitation can change everything in your life. They were singing tonight, everything has to change. When I call your name, everything has to change. Well, it's not just when you call his name, it's when you praise him and he shows up, he manifests. When he visits, everything will change. Glory to God. So that praise, as we push through in that praise, it's, it's inviting him to show up. When we call his name, we're saying, come, show up. Glory to God. Now, number one, I want to show you that one visitation can erase a lifetime of shame and disappointment. One visitation will erase a lifetime of shame and disappointment. Anybody ever had any shame or disappointment in your life? Every one of us have experienced that shame in some way or disappointment in some way, some area of your life. One visitation will erase a lifetime of shame and disappointment. Let's prove it. In Genesis chapter 21 verse 1, we've already used this before, let's look at it again. Genesis 21 verse 1 please, says for uh, verse 1, verse 1, hallelujah, and the Lord visited Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah, as he had spoken, verse two, verse two, for Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God has spoken to him. Now, it, we, we know, uh, Pastor Kim mentioned this when she was ministering uh, on uh, this past Thursday night, she mentioned about how, how Sarah was barren. God had made Abraham a promise, but Sarah was barren. And her whole night, her whole life, she was barren, known as barren. And if you remember, when, when uh, uh, Hagar, remember they had this idea, Abraham, well, Sarah had the idea, and they said, hey, you know, go get with Hagar and produce this child. Hagar had a child, Ishmael. And so Hagar starts treating Sarah kind of funny. <laughs> right? She began to despise her mistress, her, 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 her uh, lady lord, if we can call it that. And um, so Sarah's dealing with shame and disappointment. Her whole life. 65 years before, even, before the Lord even speaks. And then another 20, 24 years before manifestation comes. That's a long time. But what happened? He visited and he did. And so that one visitation erased a whole lifetime. All of a sudden now she's talking about Isaac, laughter. 
Now she's laughing at her, laughing, just laughing at her socks off. She's enjoying herself laughing. You don't laugh when you're ashamed and disappointed. Right? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes to the tree of life, she's laughing now. So if you've gone through or if you have still in your life anything that you consider that's causing shame or disappointment in your life, then you need a, a visitation from the Lord. Everybody say, I need a visitation from the Lord. Number two, one visitation can deliver you from a lifetime of bondage. One visitation can de deliver you from a lifetime of bondage. There's all kind of bondage. To sickness, to disease, to poverty, to lack, to debt, to addiction, to stress, to depression, to guilt. But one visitation can deliver you from a lifetime of bondage. Genesis chapter 50, verse 24. Genesis 50, verse 24. Look at this, please. Glory to God. Genesis 50, verse 24. Hallelujah. And Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying. But God will surely visit you and bring you out. Maybe you ought to know the story. He's prophesying about something that's going to happen in about 400 plus years. They're going to go into bondage. So he's prophesying that when they're in bondage for 400 plus years, there's going to come a day though. It's going to be hard for 400 years, but there's going to come a day. They're going to be trapped and bound and, and beaten and, and, and overworked and underpaid for 400 plus years, but there's going to come a day when the Lord visits them and he says he's going to visit you and bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac. So one visitation will deliver you from a lifetime of bondage. So it doesn't matter whatever you've been um, bound to. All you need is one visit. You can go through 12 steps of AA and NA and CA and DA and PA, but one visitation? Come on now. <laughs> All kind of people go through 12 steps and got to go through 24 steps and got to go 36 steps. You got to go through it again and again and again and again. You know why? Because every time they go through, they keep confessing, I am. <laughs> I am an alcoholic. I am a drug addict. I am addicted. They keep confessing that. And there's no power in the 12 steps, but there's power in just one visit from the Lord. Glory to God. Oh, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not on, I'm not on drugs. What are cigarettes? Them cigarettes, them little nicotine thing that's eating up all your seed? What are they, four and five dollars a pack now? How much? I don't know. I've never smoked in my life. I don't know, but I know that's too much. Even if you buying the singles, I, I know people, they go buy the singles. Hey, let me go on the 50 cent one. Let me 50 cent one. That's bondage, man. That's bondage. That's bondage. That's bondage. Glory to God. 
Well, it's just, just my little thing. No, it ain't your, just your little thing. It's, it's bondage. It can, be, it, can be, it can be five below zero outside of Chicago. It can be 95 degrees above zero here in Florida and they outside sweating and putting fire in their inside. Fire. I want to get as far away from fire as I can. They putting, it's bondage. It's bondage. Well, I ain't gonna go to hell. You, I ain't talking about you going to hell. I'm talking about you being in bondage. One visitation. I've been trying. I got a patch. I got the chewing gum. Santix. I'm a little depressed, though. Maybe even suicidal. <laughs> Now we're laughing, but it's true. It's bondage. And I'm not picking on cigarettes. What I'm saying is anything, food, I just can't turn it down. But one visit, I'm telling you, see this important, ladies and gentlemen. And what's going to bring it now? Praise. Our praise. Yes. 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 Praise. See, praise, praise will help break strongholds. Yes, sir. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. Glory to God. So we got we to do this. Let me keep going here. One visitation, number three can turn your famine into a feast. Whatever kind of famine you may be experiencing, a visit from God will turn, turn into a feast. In Ruth chapter one, Ruth chapter one, and verse one, Watch this. says, now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. This is in the land of Judah here. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Now this is Ruth, uh, sorry, Naomi's husband they're talking about here. Naomi's family. So a famine hits and so they go dwell somewhere else. But watch verse uh, 6 for sake of time. Then she, this is Naomi, arose with her daughters-in-law, Naomi and Orpah, that she might return from the country of Moab. Why? For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. So God visited and turned a famine into a feast. So if God will do that for them, he'll do it. You ought to say he'll do it for me. Say it again. He'll do it for me. He'll do it for me. Famine is no reaping. That's what famine is, no reaping. 
Y'all been sowing seed? Famine is no reaping. Drought is no water. Famine is no reaping. It's no reaping. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, you know one of the things that causes no reaping? No water. You know why no water? Because your joy is dried up. How I know your joy is dried up? No praise. Right? Y'all believe me when I said I can prove it in scripture. Uh, Joel chapter 1 verse 12 in the King James. You can read it for yourself. That everything is withered away because joy is withered away. When joy, put it on the screen, Joel, uh, Joel chapter 1, Joel chapter 1 verse 12 in the King James Version. In the King James, Joel chapter 1 verse 12. My God. Says the vine is dried up. And the fig tree languishes. The pomegranate tree. The palm tree also. And the apple tree. Even all the trees of the field are withered. That's no reaping. That's a famine. Why? Because joy is withered away. So when your joy dries up, indicated by no praise, then, all, every, then you experience a famine in your life. Amen? But when you get your joy back, I don't feel like it. You, gotta, you, better, you better get your joy back. I don't feel like praise. You better force. You better eat out of praise. You better yet praise him with an expectation. You better hope in him and praise him yet more and more. Praise him yet more and more. Praise him yet more and more. When you release that joy through your praise, then all of a sudden now God begins to water your fields again and you go from a famine to a feast. Why? Because he shows up with a visitation. Are you seeing this here? Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. You can't afford not to praise the Lord. Don't ever let your praise dry up. Tell them, don't ever let your praise dry up. Don't let your joy dry up. I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care what you're going through. Don't let your joy dry up. You can't afford a famine. I can't afford to live in a famine, man. Glory to God. I got to feed too many folk. Glory to God. I need to have feast all the time. Notice what happened. When God visited, then, then uh, Ruth, uh, Naomi, and, and them, they returned. Y'all missed that. When, a, when there was a famine, people left. But when the feast returned, they came back. You know one of the reasons people have left church, abandoned church, and don't come to church? Because in church, all they see is famine. Oh, I can park right here for a minute. In church, all they've seen is famine. The preacher crime broke, the deacon's crime broke, the usher's crime broke, the praise worship leader's crime broke, the greeter's crime broke, everybody crying sick, everybody going through, oh, it's so hard to get along, I'm climbing the rough side of the mountain, it's a tedious journey, oh, hold my hand while I'm making it up this rough land and barren land and all that. They, it's, it's, a, it's family in church. 
people don't want to be around no famine. Come on, if, you, if you're in a famine, you're going to look at somewhere else too. When Abraham experienced a famine, he left. He went to Egypt. When Isaac hit a famine, he was going to leave. God said, no, don't leave. I want you to do something. I want you to do something here. So I understand it. I understand when there's a famine of the word or a famine of the power. People want to see something, Tamara. I mean, they, they at least at least they seeing fancy cars out there in the world. People giggling, yeah. At least they have a happy brunch hour. Come to church and it's it's sad, sad. We communion, the body and the blood. The body and the blood. Are you? Is this making sense? But word, go back to uh, Ruth. Um, yeah, Ruth chapter one verse six. Go back to Ruth one verse six. Oh God, this is good. This is good. I didn't see this earlier. Ruth 1 verse 6. Then she arose with her daughter-in-laws that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard. Now ain't no Facebook, no Instagram, no Snapchat, ain't no CNN. Uh, ain't no Fox. How's they, how they heard? That means some, something so big is happening back in Judah that they got to go spread the word. Hey, you can come back now. The famine is over. And God wants to use you to announce to the rest of the body of Christ, to announce to the world, come on back to the, to the body of Christ. Come on back to the house of God. The famine is over. The feast of the Lord is going on. Who is to say that back today? Come over here. The table is spread. And the feast of the Lord. We just sing that, boy. You would too. You're so wonderful. <laughs> feast of the Lord. You remember saying in the grown up, we yeah. come over here, the table is spread, and the feast of the Lord is going on. Come over here. The table is spread. The feast of the Lord is going on. Oh, boy, that, that, that just took on new meaning to me just now. Come over here. You, don't, you can't say come over here and you, ain't got and, ain't no, and you ain't got nothing. We got hot dogs and tater chips and a bottle of water. Y'all know what tater chips are? Tater, y'all know what tater chips are? Potato. People, don't, people ain't coming to that. Y'all, one night, boy, just embarrassed me. The last time I ever even did an event like this, church was hosting this uh, Halloween night thing, and they said we want all the churches to get involved. So we got involved. We gonna have these Halloween night, uh, Hallelujah night. We gonna call it because we special, you know. As Lord said, that's stupid. And we out there, and we gonna give out can all that kind of stuff out there. And we in the park on the dusty, the dusty dirt in the park, in the clay, the baseball field on the clay. Put the stages up. This little old rinky-dink stages, they ain't worth nothing. Got a sound system, sound like sound like it's from 1922 out there. And we gonna we playing music, carrying machine out there, and we we give passing out hot dogs, tater chips, and bottled water. Boiled hot dog. They weren't even good hot dogs. Invite. Come on, see what the church has to offer. At the same time, at Tropicana Field down the street. 
in the air condition with a million dollar sound system. They're the last, the last blank show going on down there. Y'all know that. The last, this, this is the worldly, a secular rap concert going on, and they got all. I mean, they got everything. It's, it's, it's bamming. And we like, how come ain't nobody here? Cause they all down there, where they got a feast. We offered a family over here. They over there with the feast. Lord said, so don't, don't ever do that again. Don't ever misrepresent me again. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you tonight? God is ready to use you, John. He's ready to use you, Peshera, to announce to the rest of the body of Christ and to tell the world, come over here, the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. The table is spread. You know what it is when the table is spread? Y'all have been to a dinner where the table spread? Oh, boy. You gotta have an expandable belt, you know? Oh, man. Are y'all ready to eat like that? He prepares a table before us. We're moving from famine to feast. We're moving from famine to feast. Mark my words. I mean, you know, feast. Can I explain feast to you when the Lord prepares a feast? 5,000 men plus women and children. 25,000 people out in the wilderness. Jesus got two fish and five loaves of bread being donated to the ministry. He blesses it. Boom. It, and then he divides it. Didn't even say he multiplied. The Bible said he divided among them. And when he divided among them, they pass it out. They went and passed it out. And the Bible said, and everybody ate till they were full. Oh, everybody ate. They, they just kept on eating. They yeah. Yeah, just keep on eating, Deacon Tyrone. They just kept on eating till they were full. I can see 5,000 men laid up, belly up on the grass out there. Oh. Women and children, they just, oh my goodness. This, we ain't never had fish and loaves this good. Where they get this sweet bread from? Good old white wonder bread and this fish. Somebody holler too much. See, when he, when he throws a feast, then they everybody eats and he still got 12 baskets full. What happened? Visitation. 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 Hallelujah. Everybody say I'm moving from a famine to a feast. I'm going to have too much of everything. Come on now, you know, a feast, a feast you don't want, you don't, you don't even eat by yourself when you got a feast. Feast, you call everybody. What you want me to bring? Nothing, I got it, I got it. You ain't got to bring nothing, I got it. 
Let's bring yourself. Sit on down. Bring a good appetite. You better hear what I'm saying to you. I don't care what your financial status is today. <laughs> I'm talking about God about to turn your life into a feast and you're going to feed all oh, many people from around, far around, far and near. God's going to use you. Practice it. Say, come over here. The table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. Number four, visitation will turn your seed into a harvest. Visitation will turn your seed into a harvest. Visitation will turn your seed into a harvest. <laughs> First Samuel. Chapter 2. And um, verse 18. I'll start there. Y'all remember uh, Samuel? Remember his mother, Hannah? Remember Hannah, married to Elkanah? She had had a lifetime of shame and disappointment. She made a vow to the Lord. And she wouldn't go back. And when the Lord answered that vow, he gave her a son and her vow her agreement was that if you give me a son I will give him to you in other words she would she turned her her manifestation into a seed she made a vow that her 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 manifestation would become a seed that's revelation right there sometimes we get manifestation and then go that's just me I'm going I'm going shopping she said, no, my manifestation is going to become a seed. That's my solemn vow. So what did she do? She agreed, Lord, this son you give me, I'm going to give him back to you and he'll serve you all the days of his life. Now watch. So 1 Samuel 2 and verse 18. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child, wearing a linen ephod. Okay, he's serving, working under uh, Eli. Right? Moreover, his mother used to make him a little robe. Little, 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 little robe. Little man, little man got a little preacher robe. <laughs> that funny. Made him a little robe. Can you see the little, hey, tell you trying to get a little robe. And bring it to him year by year. Because, you know, he outgrew one every year. So she bring a new one every year. It took her all year to knit, weave, whatever she did to make this robe. No seams. She made him a beautiful and she brought it when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Now watch verse 20 and 21. And Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, the Lord give you descendants from this woman, from this woman, for the loan that was given to the Lord. Remember what she said, God, when you give me this child, I'm going to lend him to you. 
Her manifestation became her seed. Then they would go to their own home. So he, he speak this blessing over them every year and then they go back home. Well, every year something was popping off. Watch, verse 21. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived, now this woman who couldn't have any children, she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. God's visit turned her seed into a harvest. When God visits your life, he'll turn all your seed that you have sown into a harvest for your life. So that one seed you sent off will come back. Three sons and two daughters. My goodness. All she wanted from the beginning just one child. But when God gave her the one child, God, I'm going to give him back to you. All right. You're going to give him back to me? Man, I give seed to the sower. Glory to God. May the Lord do that in your life this year. May every seed you have sown over the course of your walk of faith, may it be turned supernaturally into an abundant harvest and abundant manifestation in your life this year. If you receive it, shout amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. I got some seed in the ground, I'm telling you. It's springing up for me. Shout, I got some seed in the ground. And it's springing up for me in an abundant harvest this year. This year. Remember when Apostle Derber was here and he preached the revealing year? And he said, What if? Now, he, this just what if. He said, What if? What if? What if all the seed you've ever sown? will all begin to come up at the same time. What of all the seed you've ever sown? Boy, y'all ain't saying much to me. What of all the seed you've ever sown? Because, let's be honest. Let's be honest. You ain't got all the harvest yet. Y'all do know that, right? Yes. See, matter of fact, I've told you this before, I'm going to say it again. Let's stop letting uh, the devil tell us that these little, you know, manifestations we get, these little blades, is the harvest. Go to um, uh, Mark 4, Mark 4.26. Go to Mark 4.26. Glory to God. I want you to see this. Mark 4, 26. And he said the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Is that what we're doing? Yes. All right. Now watch verse 27, please. And should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. That's what your seed's doing. You just sleeping by night and rising by day, going about your business. You're not thinking about that seed anymore. You just praise God. I sowed the seed and it's working. It says he himself does not know how. Verse 28. For the earth yields crops by itself. So you don't need to help the crop come up. Now watch what he says. Did he say the, the full harvest comes up yet? Matter of fact, give me, give me verse 29. Verse 29. Glory to God. When the grain ripens, immediately puts in a sickle because the harvest has come. Okay, so notice 
We're not at harvest of verse 29, right? Now go back to verse 28. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade. Now what happens is, what I'm going to say to you is, don't let the devil convince you that when the blade comes up, that's your harvest. That's just the blade. Go ahead and rejoice and give God thanks, but that's just the blade. When dad was here, he didn't say, what if all your blade came up this year? <laughs> You've been experiencing blade already. I mean, if you sold in faith, sold a properly sown seed, then you've, you've, you got, you're starting to get blades. But that's not the harvest. That's just an indication that the harvest is on the way. Are you following what I'm saying? So that means when the blade shows up, don't stop your faith and like, oh, praise God, that's it, I got it. You sold a thousand dollars and somebody comes and you get a thousand dollars next year and you're like, praise God, I got my harvest. That ain't your harvest. I sold a thousand dollars and all of a sudden I look up one day and I got ten thousand dollars. I got my harvest. That is not your harvest. Oh, y'all, that's, that's, I wouldn't mind if I got 10 for one. That'll be good. That's great, but that ain't your harvest. There's no farmer who would sow uh, uh, an apple seed and expect to get 10 apples. He ain't calling that no harvest. He'll be out of business real quick. He can't even feed his family off that. He's not going to call it the harvest. I heard Dr. Thompson saying this the other day, uh, actually it's back in November from the prosperity revival, that, that he remember watching his dad when he was younger go out with a basket. They sowed seed out of a basket. He said a few months later, they showed up with a truck. Because you might sow out of a little basket but you got to pick it up in a truck. Are you hearing that? He said, he said of course, now he, he and Sister Carolyn, they sawing out the truck now. <laughs> Y'all got it? So first the blade, then the head. Celebrate, but don't, don't stop. And then... After that, the full grain of the head. Verse 29, go back there. But when the grain ripens, immediately puts in a sickle because the harvest has come. Y'all got it? So God, we're believing him to turn your seed into a harvest. So think about all the seeds you've sown. No, you better go way back. Now, I know you don't remember every seed you've sown, but you, you remember some of them. Remember those precious ones. You, you don't remember the pitiful ones. I have a message. I, I'm going to preach that sometime. The Lord told me that one day. He said, you got to tell my people to stop sowing pitiful seed. So I just haven't preached. I got I to gotta work up to, to preach that to you. <laughs> Amen. But you remember the precious seed. Remember that one that made you like, You put it in a basket, and the basket walking away, going away, you're like, wow. 
So long, bye bye. Those ones that you have second thoughts about. Thank God you get a third thought to counteract the second thought. <laughs> now, if you've never sown that kind of seed, then I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking about the dollar amount. I'm talking about just how what it did to you. Some of you, you might have sown a $25 seed and that thing boy was like, oh Lord of mercy. <laughs> I know I felt that $10 seed. Uh, boy, I was like, praise God from heaven. But we're believing God and I'm telling you he's going to do it this year. Visitation will turn your seed into a harvest. Uh, because God accelerates stuff. Uh-huh. Remember, and this is remember we're talking about spiritual realities. Yes. See, when we say this, you can't you can't calculate, you can't think about uh, the common course of nature. When in Second Kings seven, remember we talked about that when the man of God said, "By this time tomorrow, uh, a seal and a shekel of flour are going to be sold for, for a shekel and all that kind of stuff like that. He's telling them everything going to turn around by tomorrow. And the commission of agriculture says, uh, this can't happen if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. This can't happen by tomorrow. He's thinking about the natural process of sowing a seed, how long it takes for that seed to grow up and get a harvest, all that kind of stuff. And the man of God told him, hey, you're going to see with your eyes, but you're not going to eat of it. Because when God says it, God knows how to accelerate things and do things in a way that doesn't, it doesn't match normal course of nature. And just as sure as God said it, that's how it happened the next day. So when God says to us that one visitation can turn, we'll turn your seed into a harvest. Remember we talked about tipping point? You, you don't know, because we're going to keep sowing. You don't know if that next seed you sow is the one that tips you over. You don't know if the next time you praise God like you lost your mind is the one that pushes you over the top. You don't know. But when God visits... He accelerates everything. Y'all got it? Okay, now let's keep going here. So our, our desire then is, I want you to turn to Psalm 106. Our desire should be for the Lord to visit us uh, as often as possible. And it's possible for him to visit us every day. Am I right about it? He visited Adam every day. So it's possible for him to visit us every day. What, what would your life look like if God visited you every day? It would look like the Garden of Eden. Life of luxury, pleasure, and delight. Glory to God. So he wants to visit us all the time. We just have to invite him. He has to be invited. God won't just show up at your house uninvited. It's like you don't show up at anybody else's house uninvited. 
right? Unless you have an open, you know, some people have an open invitation. You can just show up anytime. You got it? Psalm 106 and verse 4 and verse 5. New King James Version says, Remember me, O Lord, with the favor you have towards your people. Oh, boy. I thought I'd get at least two or three shouts of favor or something like that. Oh, visit me with your salvation. That salvation, they're not talking about getting born again. They're talking about your prosperity, your healing, your deliverance, the victory. They're talking about all this stuff here. That I may see the benefit of your chosen ones. So notice he says, visit me so I can see the benefit. Blessed be the Lord, Psalm 68, verse 19, who daily loads us with benefits. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So we have benefits. He forgives all our iniquities. He heals all of our diseases. He redeems our life from destruction. He satisfies, he, he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercy. He satisfies our mouths with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. The first five it mentions there. That whole, you can read all through and find more benefits in that, in that song. Those first five, those key ones that we mention all the time. So he says, visit me with your salvation that I may see the benefit of your chosen ones. That I may rejoice. Oh, goodness. In the gladness of your nation. That I may glory with your inheritance. You see what happens when God visits? Yes. You see why this, the psalmist wanted him to visit? Yes. So I can experience your goodness. Yes. So I can have manifestation in my life. Yes. So I can get what, what belongs to all your children. Yes. You have treasures laid up for us. Yes. You have blessings with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. But we need those things to manifest into earthly, blessing, bl- earthly blessings. How are they going to do it when he, manif- when he, when he uh, visits his people? Y'all got it? Somebody say, Lord, visit us. Give me Psalm 106, verse 4 and 5. Let's look at that in the Living Bible, please. In the Living Bible. In the Living Bible. Psalm 106, verse 4 and 5 in the Living Bible. Glory to God. Watch what it says here. Hallelujah. It says, remember me too, O Lord, while you are blessing and saving somebody say remember me too Lord we just sing a song do Lord do Lord Lord remember me that's how y'all Baptist folks sing it Lord remember me I know all Baptist songs sound like that me am I right about it We sung it too fast. Do Lord remember, remember me, remember. That's how we sing. Oh, do Lord, do Lord, Lord remember me. Oh, do that's what y'all y'all sung it slow like remember me when I'm sick. See, it was famine. 
But here, watch what the psalmist says though. Remember me too. Holler, remember me too. Oh Lord, while you are blessing and saving your people. So he, we know you are blessing and saving your people. Otherwise, the psalmist recognized there is a time and a season. It's a now season where God is moving and blessing and saving his people. This ain't talking about born, getting them born again. It's talking about delivering his people from every debt, from every bit of lack, every disease, every bit of bondage, every demonic attack. He's delivering. He's rescuing his people. He says, so Lord, while you're moving, remember me too. What he said is, I don't want to be left out of the visitation. Oh, Jesus. I don't want to be left out of the visitation. I don't want to miss it. This is what I was telling you at the beginning, that there are people who although they are in the body of Christ, although they may be in this church, if they're not careful, they'll, they'll miss this visitation because they're disinterested or they're disconnected. Or because they don't recognize, they're not sensitive to the move of God, and so they don't engage themselves with it. You gotta be engaged with this. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? So remember me, O Lord. Remember me too, O Lord, while you are blessing and saving your people. Give me verse five as well, please. Let me share in your chosen one's prosperity. There's a prosperity that, God, oh, Jesus. There's a prosperity that belongs to his chosen ones. Are you one of his chosen ones? Come on, he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. We didn't choose him, but he chose us. So his chosen ones have a prosperity that belongs to us. According to this, let me share in your chosen ones prosperity. So God's chosen ones are supposed to be enjoying prosperity. So he says, I want to make sure I get a share in that. Now remember we talked about the other night, uh, Friday night, and I, I might go back into this on Sunday, about this un, uh, spiritual, spiritual um, uh, uh, realities about that Satan getting the advantage of people, he's take, trying to take your share. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that? Because of ignorance of his devices, he has, takes advantage of God's people. So he's overreaching. He's getting people, getting our share that belongs to us. No, that's our prosperity. I hear you saying, say it again. That's my prosperity. I'm one of God's chosen ones. Prosperity belongs to me. Psalm 35 verse 12 and uh, 35 verse 27 says uh, that we should uh, magnify the Lord who takes pleasure in the prosperity. Come on. He takes pleasure, come on, in the Prosperity. of his. How many of y'all are servants of God? Well, I, I want to upgrade you. You're more than just servants. You're sons of God. So if he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants, how much more does he take pleasure in the prosperity of his sons and of his daughters? So we're his chosen ones, so prosperity belongs to me. Say it, prosperity belongs to me. How many of y'all agree with that? I want you to put your hand right on your chest or wherever you can. Say, prosperity belongs to me. Prosperity belongs to me. Say, listen, soul. Listen, soul. Prosperity, belongs to me. prosperity belongs to me. 
prosperity belongs to me. Now, why am I telling you to tell that to your soul? Because you prosper and you're in health even as your soul prospers. And you got to tell your soul what to do. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. You got to take command over your soul. Don't, don't let your soul, which is all crazy, your soul which is all bent out of shape because of what you've been through, your experience. Don't let your soul run the show. No soul, prosperity belongs to me. I'm one of God's chosen ones. He chose me to be in his family. He chose me and he predestined me to be in, in his family. So go back here. Psalm 106 verse 5, the living Bible. Psalm 106 verse 5 in the living Bible. So I want to get my share. Does everybody say I want my share? I want my share. Colossians 1 verse 12. Give me Colossians 1 verse 12. We'll get back to this. Colossians 1 verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers. Sharers. Of the inheritance. Everybody say, I have an inheritance. That's why you have prosperity. Because you have an inheritance. You don't have to die to get your inheritance. That's dumb. Nobody dies to get their inheritance. You get inheritance because somebody else died. He died, didn't he die? Come on, y'all Baptist folk. He died, didn't he die? He died till he was satisfied. He died. Come on now. Come on, sir. Right? So he died so we can have an inheritance. And he's already qualified us to partake or share in the inheritance. So say it again. I want my share. I want my share. Now. Now. I'm not convinced y'all really want it. Because y'all said it like, I want my share. I want my share now. I want my share. I refuse to be left out as God is visiting his people and he begins passing out blessings just for me, just for me. Yeah, we just sing that when you start passing out blessings, Lord, have one just for me. One just for you, one, one blessing for you. No, 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 no. It's about sharing inheritance. There's a feast going on. There's a feast going on. I want my share. Psalm 106, verse 5 in the Living Bible. Again, Psalm 106, verse 5 in the Living Bible. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Y'all are going to get this before it's all over. He said, I want my share. I want my share in your chosen one's prosperity and rejoice. This is when God's visits and rejoice in all their joys. The chosen one's supposed to be having all kind of joys. Not sometimes up, sometimes down, sometimes almost level to the ground. That ain't the child of God's life. That's the way of the transgressor. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. Not the child of God. No, we share, we're going to rejoice in all their joys. I'm going to have joy. His visit is going to bring me joy, unspeakable and full of glory. And 
receive the glory you give to them. I better go back and read that. And receive the glory you give to them. But I may receive the glory you give to them to raise us up. Y'all got a few more minutes? I don't even get into what I wanted to get into tonight, but we'll, we'll, we're going, we're making our way. <clears throat> so, I don't want to miss it. I don't ever want to miss out on what God is doing and what he's manifesting through his visitation. Now, so that's what this psalmist said here. Go back to this same verse 5, and let's go back to the New King James Version, please, please, for me. In verse, verse 4, rather, verse 4, verse 4. So remember me, O Lord, with the favor you have towards your people. O visit me with your salvation. So he's asking for visitation. How many of y'all are asking God for visitation? I've come to the point now where every day when I get up, I'm saying, Lord, visit me today. No, y'all don't hear me. I'm saying, Lord, I want a visitation today. See, because I don't know what day it's going to be. But I just want him, want him to know I want him to come every day. I want him to know he has an open invitation to come to my house anytime. Lord, you don't have to ring the doorbell. Just come on in. It's open. Come on in. That's how you go to decals, mother, mother. Come on in. I used to wonder how uh, his, his mother-in-law, she's uh, resting in bed. And um, i like, how in the world she's selling flips and candy and everything? Like the neighborhood candy lady and she, can't, she ain't getting up. <laughs> Kids gonna do, come on in. <laughs> come on in. <laughs> I'm saying, Lord, come on in. <laughs> You don't need to knock, Lord. Come on in. Anytime, any day, any hour, any moment. Come on in, Lord. Say it loud. Come on in, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Does say, Come on, Jesus. Come on, anytime, Lord. Whatever you want to just come and talk. Come on in, Lord. Whenever you want to show me something, come on in, Lord. Whenever you want to just tell me a secret. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. Come on in, Lord. Glory to God. Come on in. Let's talk. Because I know whenever he comes in, he's not going to come empty-handed. Something's going to change in my life. Either I'm going to move from a famine in one area to a feast in that area, or he's going to turn one of my seeds into a harvest. Oh, he's going he to demolish some disappointment I've had in my life. It's something he's going to do whenever he visits me. So, Lord, I'm welcome to you visiting me any day, every day, every day, if you want to, every day. And definitely, Lord, when we come in the house of God, every Sunday, every Wednesday, I want you to visit this house. 
to be the man of the house. I want him to be the main attraction. I don't want it to be me or the praise team or Pastor Kim or nobody. I want it to be God to be the main attraction in this house every time we come together. Because without him, what, what, we don't have nothing. I can't change your life. No, sir. You I can preach the word to you. You can be transformed by the renewing of your mind, but that takes a while. God can come on one Wednesday. Oh, y'all didn't hear what I said. God can show up on one Sunday morning out of the blue and change your whole situation around. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. That's what I want. That's what that psalm was praying for. Hey, remember me, when you visit, come on and visit. Now, let me, let me, let's round off here. Let's round off here. Because this is not you, because you're not going to miss it. You're not going to miss it. Tell your neighbor, I'm not going to miss it. I'm in tune. <laughs> I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to be drawn out. Go to Luke 19.41, please, in the New King James Version. Luke 19.41. Because it's possible to miss it. And if you miss it, oh, it's not good. Luke 19 and 41. Let's read the words of Jesus. I heard that minister on this verse here um, earlier this year. It, it, was, it was so impactful to me. I wanted to bring it to you tonight. Luke 19.41. Jesus, uh, above this verse in my Bible, it says, Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. Okay, so he's standing there looking at Jerusalem. And it says, now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. What makes Jesus cry? What would make Jesus cry? Well, we know he cried one time at Lazarus' grave when the people were full of fear and doubt and they wouldn't believe and he cried. Not because he was sad about Lazarus, but he wept because of people's unbelief. He cried about his, his uh, cousin, John. But to see where it says he wept over a city, you got to see what happened to the city. What's going on with the city? And this is Jerusalem. Jerusalem is, is, is we can call it the motherland. It's the place where, I mean, it's, it's, it's the house of God where everything's supposed to be happening in Jerusalem. It's the, it's the happening place, right? Jerusalem. It says, now as he drew uh, near, he saw the city and wept over it. Okay? Verse 42. Saying, if you had known if you had known, are y'all listening to this? If you had known, even you, especially in this, your day. If you had known, especially you, in this, your day. Tell your neighbor, it's your day. The things that make for your peace. 
That word peace is the Greek word irene, talking about safety, felicity, prosperity, happiness, security. He says, in your day, you're, it's supposed, supposed to be for you to receive your prosperity. Oh, y'all missed it. Remember I just said earlier, I said earlier, boy, I'm happy because God, he'll take, he's like, he's pointing out, hey, today is your day. He blessed everybody, but he's in the spotlight. This is your day. Well, corporally, I want us to understand, it's our day. Oh, boy. I'm excited about Exceed the Grace Christian Center. I'm excited about the body of Christ because it's our day. What God has been speaking a long time, what he's prophesied, what he's spoken, what he said, it's our day. And we got to be, be careful not to miss our day. That's why I'm so glad for those of you who you snuck in here at the right time. I just run the church. It doesn't matter. It's our day. Some folk left and came back. It doesn't matter. You came back. It's our day. It's at the right time, baby. Tell your neighbor, it's at the right time, baby. He says, if you had known, if you had known, if you had known, what is it saying is you didn't know. You weren't aware. You missed it. If you had known, even you, especially in this, your day, the things that make for your peace. But now, they are hidden from your eyes. Now, did God hide them from their eyes? No, what happened? Because their eyes, they have shut. Their, their eyes, they have shut. That's what Jesus said. He said, that your eyes, you have shut. I, I was trying to reveal things to you. Jesus was saying, I'm walking among you, trying to reveal, and you, you, you couldn't understand who I was. You kept making me out to be a carpenter's son. You kept trying to bring me down to your, to your finite wisdom. I kept trying to reveal who I was. I kept telling you, I am the son of God. You kept calling me the son of Joseph. I kept trying to reveal to you through my power, through my manifestation, who I was. But you, you kept, kept trying, to, trying to talk about, you know, my sisters and my brothers. You don't know me like that. You trying to see me in the natural. I'm trying to show you a divine revelation of who I am. And many times people are going to miss out on what God's doing and saying because they keep, all they see is it's natural. And if you, all you see is a natural, you're going to miss out on what God is doing. Natural, it's just Wednesday night. No, you don't understand. It's another opportunity to meet God. To be in the house for visitation. He said, he said, oh, I mean, he's crying. He said, if you had known. I mean, can you imagine Jesus weeping about people who, who he came to save? See him tonight. See him, hear him weeping. I mean, you ever wept over something? Uh, if you allow this, if you, if you, I know we're fake people. If you allow a broken heart, you ever, you ever, you ever wept over something that, oh, 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 oh
see him weeping. This isn't him sniffing. It's, he used the word wept. He wept over it. He said, if you had known, you couldn't see all I was bringing to you. I was bringing your prosperity to you. I was bringing you health and healing. This had been prophesied in Jeremiah 33. I will bring it health and healing. I will bring, bring it uh, an abundance of truth and peace. He knows the, the prophetic words been spoken over, over Jerusalem. Oh my God. He said, all the nations, they're going to fear and tremble when, I see the goodness, when they see the goodness and the prosperity that I provide for Jerusalem. He's talking about Jerusalem mainly. He said, so if you had known the things that belong, that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. You can't even see prosperity. You can't even see your way out. You can't even see no healing for your body. You can't even see your marriage being right. You can't even see your children being right. You can't even see yourself having something that you never dreamed of. If you had known, he's crying. He's weeping, y'all. Can you feel Jesus just weeping? Can you feel him weeping today over the body of Christ that he bought and paid for with his own blood? Can you see Father God weeping over his children that he purchased and paid for with his own son? I mean, how would you feel if you as a parent, you know everything you've laid up for your children? Come on now. Everything you've laid up and stored up and they're living like bums. They're living like derelicts. They're living like... You, I'm just in the natural. I'm talking about the natural. You pay for the best, the best health care that, that the world can provide and they're sitting there sick and just... I mean, just how would you feel if... So imagine God, imagine Jesus, how they're weeping over all that they provided. He says, now watch verse 43, because they're missing it, right? But not us. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side. Your enemies are going to overtake you. The enemies will take advantage of you. Because you've been ignorant about his devices and ignorant about my move. Verse 44, and level you. Level you. He's just saying sometimes up, sometimes down, sometimes I'm going to level to the ground. He said, no, you're about to be leveled. Now this wasn't supposed to happen. And your children within you. So not only are you missing it, but because you're missing it, your children are going to suffer. For it. Parents, you can't afford to miss it. The Lord told, I was, I was telling my wife last Sunday morning before we came to church, I was just sitting and meditating on things of God. And, and I came out and told her, I said, babe, it's, it's so important that you and I just keep this thing going because, because everything attached to us, everyone, and we're talking about our natural children, everyone in this body attached to us is going to move forward because we're moving forward. 
I didn't get to it. I'm, I'm going to talk about it Sunday about Obed Edom's house. There's there, everybody attached to us. I don't, I don't want my children being leveled to the ground. And they will not leave you one stone upon another. Now watch what watch what he says. Because you did not know the time. Instead of walking in this overwhelming prosperity and healing and health and wholeness and joy and glory, he said, you miss it all. And furthermore, everything goes south because you did not know the time of your visitation. You didn't recognize that, that you were being visited. Now, this is not you. It's not me. I'm not going to miss it. I sense God moving. I see him moving. And I'm going to make sure I move right along with him. I'm going to make sure that I do everything I can within my power to have him visit us all the time. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, and in my personal life, I want him to visit me every day. I'm not going to miss my visitation. I'm not going to miss his visitation. I want my share. <laughs> and when we do this, I'll pray if I get, we'll get to it Sunday. We're going to be ringing a dinner bell. The feast of the Lord is going on. Because God's going to use us to signal to the world and signal, especially to the body of Christ, that the revival has begun. Did you hear what I said? We've been praying for revival for a long time. And watch, he's going to use us this year to signal to the world that the revival has come. Now listen, listen, listen to me very carefully. People are going to be looking for, well, I don't see, ain't no outpouring of spirit, ain't nobody, I don't see mass and mass getting saved, all that kind of stuff. Go back to Joel 2. Come on, come on. Because the first thing that happens in a revival is financial miracles. Joel 2.28 says it'll come to pass afterward. After the finances are restored. After my people prosper. After I visit them and turn their lives around financially. It'll come to pass afterward that I'll pour my spirit out upon all flesh. So your prosperity, your unparalleled, unprecedented prosperity this year is going to be a signal to the world, to the body of Christ, that the revival is come. We're going to say, this is that. <laughs> Y'all receive that tonight? I'm out of time. Give God a big praise if you receive the word of God tonight. Come on, let him know you appreciate it. Let, let the Lord know you agree with his word. Lord, I agree with your word. I agree tonight. I receive it. I'm not going to miss it. I'm going to be part of it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get my share. I'm going to let you use me, use me, use me, use me, use me.
Oh, to be a signal, to be, to be a sign and a wonder. Glory to God. And do you have that, that word? Bring it up here real quick. I didn't bring my cell phone. I, so I'll let you read it. I want y'all to hear this and then we'll close out in prayer. Praise the Lord. On November 2nd, um, the Lord said this word to me. He said, the mantle on this house to prosper all shall and will prosper all. Get it done or be removed. He said, there shall be levels of prosperity, but all shall prosper. God is making it clear that he is with this man of God. He will not allow the anointing on this house to be questioned. It will be obvious by the people. So if you're here and you stay here, you will be successful. The anointing will prosper you in every area of your life and they will know that God is with you. The prosperity that is about to come about to come on us shall cause us to be known as Abraham's seed. It is making you a sign and they will wonder. There is no degree on earth that will prosper you like what God is getting ready to do. It has to be a sign. Glory to God. It has to be a sign. Thank you, Father God. God wants you to know the things that are that belong to their part of your peace. He doesn't want you or me to miss this time of visitation. Being on it. And hey, let your minds go. Let let your minds let your minds go. <laughs> You know what I mean by that? I'm talking about don't, 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 don't be thinking no little small stuff. You know, we're talking about God here. We're talking about his visit. When, when, when Obed-Edom had visitation, Obed-Edom had it. it. The stuff was so big they reported to the king. My God. Glory to God. And as this happens, all your cousins, all your friends, all your neighbors, folk you've been praying for and trying to win, watch them. Yeah. Just watch them. You watch them. They will come. They will come. You will be a sign and they will begin to wonder. Wow. 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 In every area of your life. Amen. Father, thank you for the word of God tonight. Thank you for each person who has heard and received the word. I pray. That, Lord, that the word uh, is able to saturate our very hearts and our minds. That, God, that we will not wrestle with the word. But we will receive every bit of it. And that, God, we will we'll allow you to enlarge our hearts tonight. That we may fully receive and comprehend and understand the depth and the gravity of what you are doing in this time and this season. And I pray, Father, 
that God, we will not listen to any doctrine of demons. We will not listen to any seducing spirit, but we will make sure we maintain our walk and our, 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 our hearts, our, our, our thoughts with you, Lord, to not let, let, let the devil anymore take advantage of us and defraud us of what belongs to us, what belongs to our peace and our prosperity. So God, help us to be uh, very sensitive to your visitation every day of our lives. We're praying for all those who are in the body of Christ, especially all those who are in this church, that God, we don't want anybody to miss it. We don't want anybody to miss it, God. Hallelujah. This is what belongs, Lord, to the chosen ones. And so we want us all to enjoy it. So Lord, continue leading God. Open all of our eyes we may see. Any scales that are on our eyes, God, remove those scales so that we can see the fullness of what you want your people to see and experience. God, we just speak a blessing and multiplication increase upon your people. Continue to keep us, Father, even as tonight as we leave from this place, Lord. Let us find our homes and our families and then everything in order, nothing amiss, Lord. Let us find, Lord, everything uh, fine at work. And, Lord, we thank you that we're walking our authority and our dominion, Lord, everywhere we go, Lord, using the name of Jesus Christ as our authority. We thank you for it. Now continue to keep us, bring us back this weekend, Lord, without the loss of one. And we will continue to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 God bless you. Y'all have a great night. We'll see you on Sunday morning. Go to enjoy the Lord. Hallelujah.